Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Warrior Talk. This is Sean. And this is Matt. We are uh, coming at you a couple weeks off, it seems like. Life yeah. is just going crazy. Fighting flu, fighting sickness. There's a lot going on, in, I feel like, in those of our lives right now. It's been a struggle. But we are here. So We are here. Matters. It is good. It is good to be back. Um, honestly, I mean, I just, I mean, you and I talked, but there's something about putting a microphone in front of our faces that makes the talking even more enjoyable. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I love this. It's my favorite. We are, I mean, we are, we don't want to say winding down on the basketball season because you certainly don't want to have a mindset of that nature. But, I mean, we are towards the end. Yep, we're in the stretch run. That's the, what we'll call it. The stretch run. And, uh, I mean, congrats on a sectional win. Yes, thank you very much. It was uh, we knew it was going to be a t- tough uh, sectional to get through, and you know our guys played really well uh, for two games. You know, back to back Friday, right. Saturday, and that's what you got to do. I mean, you got to leave it all out there. Correct. Um, was it a relief to see Indian Creek beat Tri West in that first round match? It was kind of bittersweet. Uh, you always want to kind of get that revenge if you can, and I think a lot of the guys were looking forward to that game if it were to happen. But at the same time, you know, it, it is a team you you lost to earlier in the year. So, right. And now you're seeing a brand-new team that you didn't play during the regular season and don't really know much about you. You don't know much about them. But uh, I think the guys were ready either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did a good job responding. Had a rough, rough first quarter yeah. in that game. Yeah. But I think that was just more getting our legs back underneath us and, right. you know, just ready to roll. So right. So good. so you guys beat Indian Creek in the first game, and then for the sectional championship, you guys go against Beach Grove, who's hosting. Yes. What was that environment like? It, it was intense. I knew it's not a huge gym, uh, so we knew it was going to be packed. It was going to be loud. Um, we knew what, what kind of fan base Beach Grove and student section they were going to bring. They were going to be very raucous, if right. you will. Right, right. Uh, but it's always scary to play the host team on their home floor. They're more comfortable. They usually usually right. shoot better there, right. and it's just... It's, well, you even think about, like, the driving distance. I mean, for them, that's in their backyard. For you guys, it was a 40-minute, 45-minute bus ride. Right. Um, again, all the fans are already there. You know, and we experienced that hosting uh, regionals oh, yeah. for the girls' basketball team and just how much of a home court advantage it truly is i mean i know there's a sense where it's supposed to be a neutral you know right but it's not no i mean you can never really anticipate all that when the ihsa is you know setting those sites and mm-hmm. stuff like that they're just looking for gyms that again are regionally located so no one has to drive right too far right. to get to those sites and gyms big enough to hold the fan the fan bases so how that works out i mean it's great it worked in our advantage you know on the girls side but yeah. you know sectionals is even t- tougher i mean especially in our sectional you got indian creek which is about an hour south of the city right and then danville tri west right you know all the way you know, west and a little north there, the city. So it, it's hard. It's a strange sectional, actually. It is. It's uh, in three A. It's tough to get. In we can. This is, is it changing totally every? Is it changing every year? It changes every two years. So sectionals get realigned every two years, and the kind of the main thing is like because with that success factor, right now teams could be moving up, dropping back down. 
so you got to... You mean amongst the classes? Amongst the classes. So uh, a couple years ago, Park Tudor was one of those teams. Park Tudor moved up from 2A to 3A, right. so they had to put them somewhere. Right. Uh, same thing if, you know, you were a team that did get moved up, right. but weren't able to maintain, then you're going to drop come, back, drive down. back down, so you got to go somewhere. Uh, and the the teams are so spread out throughout the state, um, sometimes it's hard to get teams right. to go... And it's set. There are several uh, seven team sectionals. Usually, they try to get them in six team right. sectionals. But it's interesting because it, I mean, it seems like you're never gonna have uh, a rivalry in a sectional. I mean, try West Danville in the same sectional. But were you guys in the same sectional last year? Uh, no, try. This was Tri West first year back in our sectional. So like three years ago, they right. were in our sectional. It's so weird. So yeah, it's all it's, the realignments. And that's a lot of people were, you know, kind of upset, disappointed that the cla- the single class basketball got torn Ruined. away because of right. what you just said there. Right. Um, so, because back when it was single class, it was basically all the county schools. Right. Maybe Mooresville got thrown in there. Or right. Someone else outside the right. county got thrown in there as well. So it was always this sense of you know you knew who you were going to play year in year out. Right. You knew you ha- who you had to beat. Right. So. But with class basketball, it's just a lot harder right. with the geography of it all. Right. All right, so looking ahead, you guys are going to Greencastle yep. on Saturday at 10 a.m. to play... Uh, Crispus Addicts. Crispus Addicts, and you guys have played them already this season. Yes, it was our third game of the year, uh-huh. uh, and it was actually our third game of that week, too. Right. We had played one on Tuesday. Right. And then one on the, the night before on did Friday. You guys, did you guys even have a full squad at that point? We did. All all our football got our entire team was there, but we didn't have that many practices in, right. with those guys. So it was kind of one of those see where we're at kind of games. Correct. And I mean, obviously, it didn't go the way we wanted it to, but I think we gained a lot of knowledge from it. So, so it was nice. let me ask you this, um, and, and if I'm asking a. Uh, a too revealing type of a question, you can just say pass. Um, when you watch a game film from that third game of the season, right? I mean, how much how much can you learn because it was so early? I mean, how much can you learn about your own team and their team? Well, you can kind of show them the mistakes you made. Right. Uh, we don't want to get back into the those kind of habits against a team like that. I mean, you just kind of. I don't think we would show it to them, but they have access to all the game film right. via you know online and stuff. Right. So they can go back and watch it, and they can realize, man, we didn't play very well, or right. you know, I did this, or we did that, and you can kind of just gain that little bit of, hey, we don't need to be doing right. these kind of mistakes again. Do you uh, do you guys watch much film of other schools? Oh yeah, a lot of film. So Coach Foster. Um, he is the glue that holds the basketball program together. Yeah. Is, without a doubt, he does all our uh, scouting reports. Uh, he watches just about every film we get, yeah. um, whether it's ours or from other teams. And other teams are very willing to share, right? right? And that's that's the give and take. So it's nice you can get about as many game films on guys as you want, right? Um, but yeah, he he does an amazing job for us as far as scouting goes. He has. You know profiles on every player. Yeah. You know sets drawn up of stuff they really like to run. Right. Kind of defense they run hmm. and stuff like that. No, that's so, pretty awesome. He, he's nice to have in your corner. Let's just put it that way. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I don't know. Could you give us um, 
maybe like one key thing that you would like to see Danville do? Honestly, I think it's just don't get caught up in what they do. Yeah. You know, kind of just play your own game. Yeah. Um, other than that, like the first game we played against them, I think it give, gave our guys a, a really good idea of how, how big they are, how fast they are, how athletic they are. You can get a real sense of that. Right. Now, obviously, being third game of the year, and this will be like the 25th game of right. the year for both teams, uh, a lot has changed. Right. But that – that familiarity of size and speed and stuff like that's really gonna pay dividends, I think, for our guys come Saturday. So cool. But playing at 10 a.m., you and I talked about it just a right. little bit ago. It's it, it's tough. Right. It's it's not easy. Um, but both teams are in the same boat, so it's just whoever's more ready. Correct. To, ready to go. Correct. I mean, I think uh, I would imagine skill. You know, definitely has a part to play. But I think that's the beauty of a regional game with high school basketball is. Like there is a sense of like umph, like what do you what do you want? Like do you want this or not? Right. And and I almost feel like you can you can will a couple basketball games into your favor if you come out ready to go. And so that could be a huge advantage for Danville playing an early game like that if if they come out with that grit. Yeah, and I, I think having as many football guys as we do will benefit it as well because they were so close. You know, right on in, during the football season, I think they got a little bit of a taste of it, like how close they were. Right and now, they're back in this kind of same Correct. situation. Like, yeah, now it's time to push it over the edge. So yeah. hopefully, our, our guys are just yeah. mentally ready to go. No, that, and that's you know, I read an Indy Star article about uh, Alec Burton this morning, and uh, you know, I forgot. I mean, I saw him, but I forgot like how many football guys you have, and yeah. that does that does give you an advantage in some sense from the physical standpoint, but right from unfinished business, yeah, and so really tapping that. I, I think those guys have kind of, you know, made. I don't want to say made it a point, but they understand. It's in the back of their head. They they understand like the, especially those seniors, right? You know, this is the last ride kind right. of deal. I mean, it is like March Madness. It's I mean, it's right. win or go home, right? So they just got to keep that in mind. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, well, we're looking forward to that. Warriors, get out there and uh, support the team 10 a.m. I know if you're a student and you're listening, the uh, athletic department has a killer deal yeah. for you to uh, pay 20 bucks, get a ride, you get a shirt, you get tickets into the game and, and donuts. Breakfast. Yep. So can't um, beat it for 20 dude, bucks, really. No, I mean, I'm not going to waste your to do gas. The same thing. Even if you drive, you don't have to waste your gas. Right. That's money in your pocket. Right. For high school kids, that's a lot. That's a, that a good deal. Um, well, hey, I mean, boys basketball, I believe, is the last winter sport Correct. that we have on the docket, which means we're really turning and changing gears, uh, looking at the spring. Um, real quick, I mean, spring is a lot of things. Uh, it's new seasons, but yep. it's also uh, it's a new phase of life for you. Yes, we are on constant baby watch right now. Uh we are less than a week away yeah. from the delivery of our baby girl, and it's nerve-wrackingly, terrifyingly awesome. Yeah. So... So you guys have a name? No. Really? Really. That less is true than a story. week away. That is a true story. Do you have... We have, like, a... We have a very small list, uh-huh. but we do not have a name yet. What do you think... It might be one of those, like... We just we look at her. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. do you feel like that's the that's gonna push you over? Like, possibly. Like, we've been going back on like two, back and forth on like two or three names. Yeah. 
and you're yeah, gonna, it just might. You're gonna see her and go, Shawnita. Yes, that's, that is it. Great minds think alike. Shawnita, <laughs> forever engraved into your family's life. Um, all but right, yeah, so well, less than a week away. We're less excited. than a week away, barring. Sh- she going into labor before then. Well, that's still less than a week away. Yes, less than a week away. So, so, so I mean, hopefully, we're hoping to get through regional Saturday. That's yes, what we're hoping. Yes, for. and I mean a new baby during March Madness is awesome. It's only uh, it's only uh, proper yes. that it's during March Madness because both of correct we were both basketball players in high school. We correct. both coach now. It's just yes. like this is meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, kudos to your wife um, for the season that she had. Yes. Coaching, um, you know, I believe six players. Yeah, it wasn't easy. So, and being pregnant, I mean, just awesome, awesome job by her. And I think that's a testimony just of her grit. Oh, yeah. And just her love for the game, her love for Danville sports. So, it, it was one of those seasons like it, those. I went to my fair share of her games this year, and I, I said it, you know, to her. It's like she. They played so hard for every second of every game. Yeah. Like, it didn't matter if they were up up 10 or down 20. Yeah. Like, they were playing as hard as they could for every second they were out there, and it was awesome to watch. Yeah, I mean, as a group of middle school girls, I watched a couple of 7th grade girls games as well. Um, I mean, Coach May's got a great crop coming up of just yeah. hard workers willing to, to do what they need to do for the team. So I'm excited about I'm excited about that. Yeah, it, it was a fun season. Uh, not the wins lost part of it, but I, right. I think she had a right. lot of fun with with all of it. All right, so let's just jump straight in with the spring. Uh, I don't know how well of a preview this will be yeah. for anybody. We don't. We we have a mention. Yeah, we haven't gotten to our research yet, but uh, you know, track season started. You know, I'm I've been at the school twice a week and see them. Uh, Stretching, working hard, getting ready for their uh, prospective seasons. Um, and then also I've seen girls' tennis working hard yeah. already in the uh, in the gym, taking advantage of the gym space while it's cold outside. Um, soccer or softball is... Yeah. Defend, they're the defending sectional champ. Uh, actually, back-to-back uh, sectional champs. So I, I think they're looking forward to a, a very nice season. This year, um, boys golf, uh, you know, Coach Hammonds is back in action there. Um, Coach Seidel stepped down last year, um, but with Coach Hammonds coming in, he like, like I was telling you, he was actually my golf coach when yeah. I was playing. Yeah. So, I, and he's got a, a nice, nice group of young right. golfers. I think, I think the expectations could and should be high yeah. for the golf team this year. I know um, there's a guy, and I cannot recall his name on top of my head, who, who I mean, I see his swings on Instagram um, all the time. I mean, he, he looks legit, and, uh, yeah, I would expect high things out of them. So, yeah, that should be fun. And then uh, I kind of blame Boys it. baseball. Yeah, uh, baseball, uh, Coach O'Neill. Um, I think they got a good crop of seniors this year uh, ready to roll. Uh, brand new, brand new, brand new field yep. and facilities out there uh, should make things a lot easier. 
um, as far as you know, rain outs and stuff like that. Yes. I think that's what they're trying to avoid with the yes. n- n- new field. Yeah, I recall last year there was a lot. Yeah, a lot of rain, a lot of rain outs. Spring is very wet around here. Yes, um, very much so. So it is. Yeah, that that new facility is pretty awesome. You know, and I'll just kind of touch on track two. It's like they do a lot of indoor, you know, meets and, you know, work and stuff like that. So they're getting a lot of work early in the season right? Uh, before, like, all the outdoor stuff starts. Yeah, so this upcoming Friday at 5.30 p.m., there is a track and field uh, Sagamore Conference indoor invite. Uh, no, no clue really where that's at. Um, so if you're interested in watching some indoor track on Friday night, go, uh, go give the athletic office a call. And then obviously 10 AM boys, regional basketball game. Hopefully there will be a game later on that evening as well. Um, so we've talked about March a lot. Yeah, as we should. We are in what I think is the greatest time of the year. Um, you know, football is always near and dear to my heart. There's something about the uh, the uh, the uh, the amount of games and the short span of time for college Correct. basketball that is just awesome. Um, real quick, let me let me just start off with this. What do you think about the Big Ten already done with their conference title? I'm not gonna lie, I hate it. Um, as a fan, right. as a fan, I hate it. Um, but as a coach or a player, I probably don't mind it as much. Really? Because you, you don't know, mind having a week off. No, you're 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 getting any any nagging injury, more time to rest. Right. Um, you're getting guys prepared. You can actually kind of put new things in. So let me, uh, I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, like a team like Purdue, I think they're fine with this. A team like Ohio State, I think they're fine with it, like having a week off. Like right. everything you just said, I think, you know, resting guys up, implementing, learning. But a team like Michigan. I mean, fair. I mean, you want to keep your momentum going. And, yeah, you see runs, you know, like UConn did not too long ago. But that, those are fluky. Right. Um. You want to be as healthy as you possibly can. You want to get as as a coach. You want to get those little bit of extra practices in to, you know, just tweak some things or fix some mistakes that yeah. that need to be fixed. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty on it. As a fan, I agree with you. Yeah. As a fan, I actually didn't mind it because you almost got that full experience last week of the Big Ten tournament, and you're not sharing with the ACC. Or you're that's not fair. sharing it with the Big Twelve or anything like that. Um, but there's also the other side that's like, I want to maximize everything going on this week. Right. Um, I, I think that's a valid point as a coach, you know, just seeing the ability to maybe even send your guys home for a day or two. Maybe. Yeah. Chill out, just almost mentally unplug and unwind. Recharge and the batteries. Get, right. Get focused again. Um, you know, so Big Ten is done. Yep. Michigan uh, won it. Congratulations. I hate that. But Jim Beeline... <laughs> I respect the guy tremendously. He might be the best coach in the Big Ten. I love him. I mean, like, I hate him, but I love him. He, I think he's probably one of the most underrated coaches in the country. I would agree with that. But, I mean, I look at it. Don't get me wrong. Big Ten has some very good coaches. Yep. You, got, you got Tom Izzo. Right. You have uh, Holtman right. there at Ohio State. Right. I mean, Coach Painter and all right. that. But John Beeline, I feel like he, he just – maximizes his team Correct. each and every year, whether it's talented or not. Correct. 
or sorry, as talented as maybe the year prior or I something like mean. that. I know what you mean. That guy just knows how to coach, and no. he knows exactly where your weaknesses are, and he know he's going to expose them. Correct. So, no, I agree. It's I not it. a shock at all that they won the title. It's not a shock at all that they, um, yeah, it's not a shock. I mean, I don't know. Right. So I'm all, I'm down with that. Uh, so now that Big Ten's over, what? I guess what conference are you most excited about watching during this conference tournament season? I I don't know. Um, probably the ACC. I know that's kind of a cop out answer, but it's the ACC. I feel like just has a lot more writing on it from mm-hmm. game to game. Uh, Big Twelve probably is a little bit more top heavy. Um, I mean, it's just Kansas and Texas Tech. You still got Oklahoma. You still have an exciting player in Trey Young. Um, Oklahoma State has had a really nice nice year this year. Uh, who else? Am I, I mean, missing? Iowa State's always West Virginia kinda, is always good. I do like West Virginia. I like watching them play just because they're real up tempo. They press you. You know what you're going to get out of them, and they're just they're going to try to beat you even though you know what's coming. Right. So I mean, you know, with West Virginia, they're going to play just this hard nose, like we're going to punch you in the mouth kind of defense. And, oh yeah. I mean, low scoring game for them, but yeah, I I do. Uh, you're right. I, I I do kind of like that. SEC, I think, is trash. That's, yeah, they're not good this year. No one's good. I mean, Tennessee. No, no, Auburn. Auburn won the regular season title. I still don't think you count out Kentucky. Yeah, I disagree. Ca- coach Cal, say what you want about him. He is a good coach. I'll say a lot about him. <laughs> ACC, obviously, I'm most excited about Duke. Um, you know, hopefully, holy cow, hopefully winning, you know, that, you know, just a pretty subpar ACC schedule for them, you know, losing to North Carolina once, losing to Virginia. I feel like I feel like they need a key win in this tournament to kind of bolster their confidence going in. I, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a struggle. I feel like Duke's a team this year that's either going to lose the first day or win it all. You have to have some solace in the fact that every time Duke steps on the floor, they probably have the best player on the floor. I agree. And probably at least maybe even two or th- three of the top five players on the floor. I would agree. You probably still have one of the top five coaches in the country. Top three, maybe two. I don't know who's better than him, actually. Uh, I was just being <laughs> I was just, I was being conservative. All right, so at least top five, depending on who you talk to. That's fair. Okay. Uh, So I know you're a Duke fan, but pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Well, I'm a Duke fan that's seen them lose as a two seed to a 15 seed. Correct. I'm a Duke fan that has seen them lose as a three seed to a 14 seed. Yeah, I I am that Duke fan. You're going to be fine. Now, you're right. I mean, you're, you're right. At the end of the day, I mean, I'm going to pick them to go to at least Final Four. Yes. And not worry about it. Marvin Bagley will carry you guys. I hope. And then Grayson Allen has been coming on stronger the last couple weeks. Yes. It's a very good sign if you're a Duke fan. Correct. Okay? Correct. You're fine. They live and die by the three. We'll see what happens. As much as I will hate saying this... I would love to see a Virginia team win it all. 
You would like to see that? I, I, it pains me. But there, there's something about their coach. I can't recall his name Tony off the top Bennett? of my head. I just, Virginia's I coach? Him. Yes. Yeah, Tony Bennett. I, I love him. Like, I know that they're a boring style of basketball, but I kind of enjoy for, that. For your lay fan, yes, it is a boring style of basketball. Right. But for guys that really understand and know basketball, right. Virginia is awesome to right. watch because, because of their defense. I know most people don't want to hear that. No, they don't. And I'm okay with that. Correct. But Virginia is always fun to watch because of just how well they play defense. Right. We we I I you know I kind of jumped through the Big Ten real quick. Let me ask you this. I mean, what's your expectation for Purdue? For Purdue, I can see it, it's it's all about matchups. Um, but I see them getting through round one easy. Uh, I won't even say easy because I feel like there is kind of this blueprint for Purdue. Um, to beat them, it's it's, it's let Haas get his. Right. Don't let him beat you from the three-point line. Edwards. Anybody. All right. of them. Right. Matthias, Edwards, right. P.J. Thompson, right. all those guys. All of them can shoot. Let Haas get his. I agree with you on that. And then just make sure no one gets hot from the three-point line. Yeah. And I think any second-round game they have – a team can do that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I feel like they're going to get a first round. If I'm round a Purdue team, fan, I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm like, cons- this isn't just the IU coming out. No, in I me. know it isn't. I know this it isn't. is, I know I, if I'm a Purdue fan, I am absolutely concerned about the Boilermakers because Haas, Haas can have a huge game. If you look at the stat line, and Isaac Haas has got like 23 points and eight rebounds and a couple block shots, you're thinking you won the game. It's probably not going to be the case, right? Because they're just going to let him get his, right? So, I'm not I, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, as I, I'm, I'm not worried about them in the first round. I, I, they're going to be seated high enough that I don't think any of the lower seated teams will be able to deal with Haas at all, or be able to figure out what to not do. Not many teams can. But yeah, I'm with you on that. Like on a, a higher ranked team is going to struggle, or they're going to create mismatches, and they're going to create pressure that Purdue might not have handle. Although, I mean, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. I no, mean, I like beat Michigan in the, t- in the finals. So, anyways, um, do you feel like any Big Ten teams has an opportunity to to win Michigan, Michigan State's – no. Uh, Michigan State's still my favorite for, if, of any Big Ten team. I just think they just have the most talent. Right. Um, I don't – but honestly – they would be my favorite to maybe win it all, but I don't see any Big Ten team really honestly doing it. Yeah. Um, I feel like they've just been too inconsistent uh, all year. Uh, I think they all have pretty glaring weaknesses yeah. in one facet or the other. So but, if you had to put a dollar on, let's just let's do it this way. We'll go. We'll work backwards. Um, if you had a Take a guess on which conference would come out with the title. What conference do you think will be? ACC. It? Not Big East. Not Big East. ACC, just because Duke, North Carolina, Virginia. See, I think North Carolina, and it does not pain me to say this, <laughs> I don't think they have a shot. I mean, I think they always have a shot. They have they have a very good senior, le- senior leader in Barry, and he's a guard. You always want. You always want guards, see, especially senior guards in That's the fair. tournament. They can carry you. Yeah. Shabazz Napier is one of yeah. the example. Kimball Walker is another, yeah. obviously, from the right. same school. But right. those are the guys you want to have right. come March. You want those guys. So you think – I just think they're the, they have the – 
deepest pool of talent at the top end of their conference. Right. If that makes sense. No, I, I hear you. So I hear you. ACC would be my pick. Okay. I, I, I would lean towards the Big East. Um, you know, I, I see a Villanova team that just, I think, they, they obviously, they know what they're doing once they get in the tournament. Right. Um, their coach is phenomenal. I would call a top three coach in the college basketball. Um, you know, team that, from Cincinnati that I'm always curious about that always plays well in the tournament is Xavier. Right. Um, and they are, and they should, they should get one of the number one seeds. Um, if not number one, they'll get a number two. Um, I, you know, I, I just see one of those two guys coming out and, and, and doing business. I would love to see Duke win it. Right. I would love to see North Carolina not get it. <laughs> I would love to see, I mean, Virginia, again, Virginia, you know, if it's a Duke Virginia game, I'm pulling for Duke. If it's a Virginia, anybody else, I'm probably pulling for Virginia. Fair. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited, man. I can't oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Well, this is one of those tournaments this year. There's been no great team in college basketball. Like, there's no hands down this team uh, is the favorite. It's it's like a pool of 10 to 12 teams, probably even more than that, to be perfectly honest. Like, yeah. No team has stood out all year. I mean, it, it seems like as soon as you got ranked number one, right. you were right out of there. Right. So it was just a constant carousel of these top teams, you know, cycling through the rankings, and I think that sh- shows that it, it could—it's anybody. Right. It could be anybody. Right. Which I think makes for the best tournament. Yeah. So when you when you don't have a dominant team, and really, I mean, Trey Young, I know we talked about him. And everybody, ESPN, has talked about him. Um, I, I don't see a dominant player in college basketball either right now. I still think Bagley's probably still the best player in the tournament. Um, him and Miles Bridges. Yeah. Uh, if Miles Bridges really wants to go at it. Yeah. Um, but Trey Young, I feel like he might be just a one-trick pony. Yeah. Uh, teams. Well, I don't think OU's going to get in. Yeah, they they figured Trey Young out. Yeah. Like they're. The news has been spread on how to, he's going to take a lot of shots. He's going to take tough shots, and if he makes them, so what? If you're a coach, if you're his coach, are you selling him to stay and develop uh, more? Or are you just going to say, you know what, you're going to get in the top round. You know, you're going to be a first-round pick, so you go go for it. This would be a great question for uh, Coach Haney because he had Coach Kruger at UNLV, but uh, I, I don't think so. I think most coaches do push – push their kids to maybe go if they feel like they're ready. Right. Um, it's one of those you don't you don't want to sell yourself short. You, I mean, because it is a financial thing. It's like if, right. if you're going to be a top 15 pick, you're going to be a lottery pick, I mean, you should go. Right. Now, if you feel strongly about, like, you don't feel like you're ready or, you know, some NBA guys are saying, hey, you're, you're not ready. This is where you're probably going to get drafted. Right. Then No. You, you, you stay. You don't want to force the issue because right. there's too many guys that go early, maybe get drafted, but stay in the G League for like three or four years and right. really never go anywhere. So what, it's hard. So I've, I've heard a lot of talks about um, moving on to the NBA, uh, about Adam Silver wanting to lower the age requirement for uh, joining the NBA and almost kind of getting rid of that one-and-done rule. Where do you stand on that? I'm okay with it. Um I think, but it needs to be an informed decision. Like, parents need to be involved. High school coaches need to be involved. Uh, give them an opportunity to be evaluated uh, before they make make that decision because they, they do – if they're not ready, 
they need to be in school. Like they need right. to be doing something. They need right. to be progressing somewhere. Right. Whether it is the G League or overseas or just right. something. Right. Um, someone made a great point. Like this whole one and done thing, like the colleges are just taking advantage of it. This isn't a college rule. Right. This is a NBA Players Association rule. Right. And it was, they made a great point. Like by letting the by making that rule, they let some of the veteran players keep their jobs. Right. You know what I mean? So right. these young guys are coming in, right. and they're getting drafted on potential and stuff like that, and they're filling up these roster spots where some of these veterans, right? like it was just, that's how a union. No, that's a, that's great, how, that's, that's a great point. Yeah, it's how a union works. It's like they're going to protect their employees. Right. So that was more of, you know, players union doing that rule. So I don't blame the colleges. They're just taking advantage of what's in front of them. Well, I've even heard a lot of people complain about how one and done is ruining college basketball. I think it does. But but the reality is, like, isn't this tournament better because Bagley's in it? I don't think so. I think the tournament is above the player now. Like, the tournament is so big that it is... It can... I agree with you on that. I do agree with you. Like... I'm 100% agree with you. And I think that's why a Duke team sometimes is suspect is because you're going to face a lower seed or a higher seed, a higher number seed. Right. Um, that is going to come out with five guys that have played together for four years and there's a chemistry and there's a way that they work together that it's going to be hard for. I mean, Duke next year, I'm pumped about them. They're going to lose Bagley. They're going to lose Grayson Allen. They're going to lose a couple of the other guys. They're almost going to have a brand new starting five. And that starting five is going to be filled with three or four of the top recruits that are going to be gone the next year. Including Zion Williamson. I know. I'm pumped about Zion. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, like, there's a, there's a part of me that goes, I'm glad to get Bagley for a year. I was glad to have the the hope of Kyrie for a year. You know what I mean? Like can you imagine if LeBron had to go to college for a year what that NCAA tournament would have been like? Yeah, oh man, it, it's hard for me because as a coach like like you said, having those two or three year guys makes a huge difference on how your team plays and, you know, just the things you can do uh, the understanding you want those experienced guys in the tournament, and sometimes for some of these freshmen, it's it's too much. Right. Like they don't they under, they don't understand how big it is. Like or the, what's worse, they might not they may not care. Right. Like I'm gone after this year anyway. Why do I, what do I care if I lose in the Sweet Sixteen? I think that's a struggle with college athletes all around. I think it's just that. I, I think mean, it's we're just young that. athletes we're seeing, in general. We're seeing that with the college bowls. I mean, like, you know, growing up, I, for you and I, college bowl season was amazing, and now it seems so watered down. Because well, everybody makes it. Right, and I'm glad that the tournament doesn't feel watered down because it's a tournament, right. not just these standalone games um, that have no real significance to them. Right. Like I said, so, I mean, the one and done, I'm glad they're thinking about at least tweaking it. But even if Change, they even if they go get rid of it but even if they know. even if they lower the number to kind of what you were just saying like where Kobe's don't even go LeBron's don't even go to college they just jump straight in um, won't we still have some level of one and done yes because well yeah but it's bec- they have that one and 
those one and dones would be like I came into college thinking knowing I wasn't ready. Okay, and now I had a really good freshman year. Right. Now I can reevaluate where I'm at. Right. They they've evaluated themselves for two years, where before that all happened. But, yeah. I don't know if I was even. Yeah, you're right. Two years. Like you, they could have gone before then anyway. Yeah. Well, I can't remember. That's fair. That's fair. But we'll see how. I'm we'll okay. How I'm good with the fact that they are examining the rule and they're going to try to make it better. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, so I got a chance to go to a uh, Pacers game on Monday night, yes. dude, which I was super excited about it, um, and, and I almost witnessed firsthand just the scheduling woes of the NBA because the Pacers and the Bucks both were coming off of an, uh, a previous game uh, the night before, so they're going back-to-back. Pacers uh, had a hard game against Washington. Yep. Um, and so when we when we got there, I mean, I was pumped to watch Giannis. I was pumped to watch Victor. And all of a sudden, it's like it was boring. They were both <laughs> tired. They, you know, Victor Oladipo had ten turnovers. I mean, it was really sloppy. Yeah. Um, so that that part was very frustrating. What made the game worth it <laughs> was Lance Stevenson. He always does. Like he never ceases to entertain. In Indianapolis. I think that he's not the same character away, but oh, there, there's something about him being in his home court. Uh, and it's interesting because I feel like he's now embraced his role, at least from coming off the bench. Oh, yeah. He, uh, what's the best way to describe? Like he He's embraced it. Yeah. He's definitely embraced it. But, I mean, he's wily. He's a character. Um, I was blown away that Jason Terry's still in the league. I jet. I did not know that. So, uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite Lance Stevenson moments on Monday night was uh, he dr- drained a almost a half court three pointer, skipped down the court. Giannis was running down to try and get a quick dunk before the end of the quarter, and he swatted him. And then, uh, kind of fast forward end of the game, it got real close, real tight. Uh, Giannis had a chance to take a three pointer and win the game. He missed it. And I could just see on the sideline, Lance was crouched down, waving his finger, and just blowing. Like, like what? <laughs> like what are we watching? He like he has a future in like the WWE after yeah. after all this because the fans love him. He is, he is an entertainer that happens to play basketball. Yes. So Lance yes. is great. Yes. I mean, I feel like the Pacers are the only team in the league. That can make that work, for real, and it's for weird. reasons unbeknownst to me, because it's Indiana. It's Indiana where basketball is like you know religion, and you play it a certain way, and you don't forsake that certain way. And yet Lance is a goofball, a clown that just does whatever he wants to do. Clown is, yeah, that's about as good a description as yes. I can get for Lance Stevenson. Like, he, because he, he made his rounds with a couple other teams. He was with the Clippers for a second. He was with the Hornets. He was uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, it's like you couldn't, you couldn't do that. Like, right. But then he comes right back to Indiana and right. makes a playoff push. And right. It is what it was it is. the right time, the right person, lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Pacers are number three right now. In the, That's crazy to me. It is crazy. You know what the over-under was for Pacer wins this year? 32. It was 36, uh, 38 and a half, I think. Yep. Oh, and they're going to crush that. Well, I wish I would have taken it. Yeah. 
they're going to crush that. Uh, I, I believe it was under 500. For sure. For they them. Will, they will, yeah. Mathematically, it's not done yet, but they will make the playoffs. And uh, I think their first round – who would their first round? Well, for them, be? for last year. At, well, if, if, if uh, playoffs started today. If playoffs started today, they would either get Washington or Philadelphia, I believe. I would not want Philadelphia. I don't want Philly. Yeah. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid scare me. Yeah, I don't want Philly. I want Cleveland to get Philly. I think that will be a great, a great matchup. Speaking of Cleveland and Philly, so Philadelphia right now has billboards uh, trying to convince LeBron James. You love it. In Cleveland, too. That's the best part. Oh, it's in Cleveland? Those billboards are in Cleveland. Oh, that's even better. Right? What do you think about... LeBron James and just this like garage sale almost to get him. LeBron has brought this upon himself, and I think he loves it. A, but if I'm based on his travels, he's went from he went from Cleveland to Miami back to Cleveland. Now, I I don't blame these fan bases at all whatsoever for trying for trying to recruit LeBron to their city. They know he's a free agent. They know he's open to move. There's all this talk. They know he hates his owner, Dan Gilbert. Right. I don't blame him. He's the best player in the, Do you, in the world still. If if he came to Indiana, would you be all about that? Yes. I Trust me. I am not about the way he's done it and some of the other stuff, like his on-court stuff. Right, right. But yes. <laughs> Just to win? Uh, I mean, that's basically what you're asking. Well, that's what you're conceding, I guess, is you're going, you know what, we're going to take a championship. It's going to be a part of the LeBron show, but at least we'll be able to say Pacers got a world title. But think about the reasons why most people don't like LeBron James. It's not because of stuff he's done off the court. It's not like he's a malicious person. He's always right. in the news about right. You know, charity work and right. donating and helping just other people. I think he does a great job with that. Most people don't like LeBron James because they think he's a crybaby on the court. Right. That's the main reason. And then, or, you know, that whole decision thing for, from Cleveland. Oh, for sure. The decision like, kind of ruined it, that for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to say petty reasons, but it's like those reasons where the reason people hated Ray Lewis. Right. Because he got charged with murder. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Just, Right. Not those reasons why you hate LeBron James. So if he came to your team, of course you're going to want him on your team. Do you feel like it taints like the legacy of LeBron James? A little bit. Do you feel like, I mean, you know, my card's on the table. I feel like it, it will always keep him number two behind Michael Jordan. Um, and, and I might have this, like, boyhood dream of who Michael Jordan is. And, and I know that he certainly was not a perfect individual on or off the court. Um, but I do feel like there's... And it might be a legacy thing of like the time uh, of when the NBA was going on then and versus now, but the fact that Jordan was a bull during all of those titles and never had to leave, he never had to go join up with you know Charles Barkley, he never had to go join up with Isaiah Thomas, he never had to join up with Carl Malone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he did it, and um, I, I just feel like that ruins. LeBron, to some extent, is like, I've got to go. I'm going to go do this with my boys or, you know what I mean? I will say, I don't, I won't say it ruins, but taints 
maybe yeah. a little bit of what he leaves behind. It's like you were doing fine in Cleveland. You got into a finals. Like him losing that finals where when he was what like twenty right. 21, 22, right. or something like that. It led that Cleveland team to the finals. I mean, they got swept in the finals. But right. That might be his greatest achievement. Right. Uh, in basketball. I would agree with you on that. But it's it, it's strange because then we would have to say the same thing about Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and, and Kevin Garnett because they were really the Which first. Which I have no problem saying that about. Right. Them. So it, it's like if you do it for one, you do it for all. Kevin Durant's kind of in the same boat. I have no problem saying that with Kevin. But is Steph Curry in that boat? For leaving? Because he he didn't leave, but he's on this, like, super team. And I don't think that anybody would say the Bulls were not... I don't know if they were a super team. They weren't a super team, but they were... You know, I think Scottie Pippen might be the most overrated NBA player of all time. But I think that's because of LeBron James or because of Michael Jordan. I don't think he would say oh, eh, overrated. We don't need to go down okay. that road. You know what I mean? But I'm, uh, Dennis Rodman, you know, he came to the Bulls, right? He he's not Michael. Michael was always there. Rodman and he was just a came. role player. He just had to be a character. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. Dennis Rodman was just he was a great rebounder. Right. And could play really good defense. Right. That was really all he did. Right. So. Yeah, I, I see what you're getting at. But at the same time, it's like all these teams, like no one's done it by themselves. No no championship team has ever done it by themselves. Kobe Bryant had Pau Gasol one time. Pau Gasol in his prime had Shaq. The Houston Rockets teams in the mid-'90s had Hakeem and Clyde. Right. And they were – there's probably at least one, at least two or more Hall of Famers on every championship team said the Pistons when they were when they won it. They had like Ben Wallace and Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups. Right. Like they were really good players. Right. And a couple of them may actually make it to the Hall of Fame. Right. But they weren't I mean what about Dallas superstars. when they beat the, the Heat the first year? I mean you got Dirk who's a definite Jason Kidd. Hall of Famer kid. Yeah, you're right. I mean uh you probably Jason had some Chandler, other nice Jason Chandler's not a But you Hall had nice pieces. There were just nice pieces at the time. When you looked at those Bulls teams at the time, you probably weren't thinking like Steve Kerr and Tony Kukoc, who might be one of the best European players to ever play. Right. Uh, Tony Parker. I said one of. Give me a little bit. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But, I mean, there's just no championship team has ever done it by themselves. No player has ever done it by themselves. Yeah, and I don't think I would ever fault LeBron if he didn't leave. Right. I mean, think about Larry Bird's teams. Yeah. Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, right. Danny Ainge. Right. And him. Look at the Lakers teams. Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Worthy. Right. I mean, dude, these... I, dude, I don't, I don't disagree. And I don't think anybody's ever faulted Michael Jordan for having good players around him at the time that he won. But he never had to leave to go find them. But, like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a LeBron guy, but that seems what everybody's faulting LeBron for. Having Dwayne Wade, having Chris Bosh. No, no, no. I think it's the issue of, of meeting up in the summer saying, this is what we're going to go do. We're going to go to this team together, and then we're going to win it together as opposed to having it happen maybe, I don't know, I don't want to <laughs> say naturally because there's always things going on, whatever. And I don't l- let's not, like, outside. I don't like LeBron. 
Dude, I, I don't I'm like not a LeBron, LeBron guy either. Like, I was a Kobe guy. I love Kobe. Oh, Kobe. I'm a Kobe guy. I'm a Kobe guy. But All right. We'll, I'll come we'll, to LeBron's we'll, defense a we'll, little bit. We'll revisit LeBron later on. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's kind of start wrapping things up. We are we are we are a month and a half away. Yeah, because it's into April now. From Infinity War. Yep. So the big news this past week was uh, Avengers: Infinity War's release date got moved up a week to, I believe, April 29th. To help out Solo. Yeah, I think that helps out them, which is obviously another Disney movie. Right, right. So it's going to give Infinity War another week to right. just rake in the money. Correct. And then they can hype up Solo just a little bit more, which I'm still nervous about Solo. Let's real quick talk about Solo. Okay. What makes what makes you nervous? The fact that we didn't see any previews for this movie, not even teasers... For this movie until the Super Bowl? Well, you understand why. No. So they they basically s- shot the whole movie and then scrapped everything. But Hired a new no director. There was build up for this movie. I think it's because of that. Well, if that's the case, then I'm even more nervous. Dude, they I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of it. Oh, man. I'm terrified of it. If and I'm a Star Wars, like, especially if I'm a Star Wars nut. Yeah. I'm really nervous. I'm a about Star this Wars movie. nut, and I, I'll tell you exactly why I hate this movie. I will still see it. Yes, I will still first see weekend it. probably, uh, maybe twice. But it's the fact that Solo in this movie, and this is totally nerding out. I understand is like the same age as Harrison Ford's Solo when Episode uh, Four came out. I mean, like, there's not that much time in between. Okay. And so I struggle with just... I just struggle with the look and the sound of him. It's not Harrison Ford. Well, yeah, I think and that's the biggest thing. you can never get Harrison yeah, Ford. I it's get never going to be Harrison Ford. So... It just bums me out. I know. The redeeming grace to this movie is uh, Childish Gambino. What's his name? Uh, Donald Glover. Who's going to play Lando Carvazian? Oh yes, he's awesome. I love him. He's a phenomenal artist. Uh, he's a great actor. Um, so I'm pumped about him. I feel like he will give us a great Lando, um, a great Lando character. Uh, but I, I mean, there's some. Nerds. I think this could be. I think this could be Star Wars ver- version of like Thor movies. Yeah. Like as far as the comedy goes. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I feel like right. between Han Solo and Chewbacca, right. and you got all right. these, you know, very right. brash kind of characters in this storyline. Uh, I think we could see a lot of comedy, a lot, a lot. Of yeah, comedy. I'm fi- and I'm fine with having absolute bottom basement, you know, expectations for this movie because it's only going to be better than what I'm actually <laughs> thinking. Where I do feel like Last Jedi, Force Awakens, I mean, my expectations were sky freaking high. The ceiling's the roof. And I did MJ not... Would say. I did not... The ceiling is the roof. All right, that Infinity War. Infinity War. So, we, yes. So we, we have... Did we talk about Iron Man 3? We did a little bit. Uh, I... Yeah, uh, it's I still know. not my favorite, but it's it, it was better than I remember. Yeah, I do enjoy the uh, house party protocol. Yeah, that was great. Yes, 
I like I like the little boy. I loved how he you know did a great job with him, uh, almost like that dad like figure. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that. You're right. I did. I dis. I did not like the uh, guy. Uh, Guy Ritchie, is that his name? Guy Ritchie is the actor who yeah, played... I did uh, not care for that character at all. I, I didn't really care for even the concept behind the character. Right. And it, it, it just seemed weird that uh, Pepper got this stuff in her, and then all of a sudden they were able to figure out how to cure it. I mean, it's, that, that seemed a little... Right. Far-fetched. I mean, just like... He is Tony Stark. Let's just mm-hmm. wrap this up. I do recall seeing that for the first time, going... Is that the end of Iron Man? Yeah, you, you you almost have to... That was the biggest question after that movie. Right. And it's actually one of, like, an unanswerable question. Right. You know, it's a, another shout-out to our rewatchables. Right, right. But right. It, we're not to the next point yet, so I'm not going to go there. Okay. But one of my favorite things about Iron Man 3 was the little flashback they did at the very beginning of the movie. In Sweden, you get to see Jensen. Yes, I did like that. That's it's a very good homage. Yes, uh, yes, to there and you know his bodyguard Happy was like had had like the Vincent Vega very Pulp Fiction look going. Yes, so that 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 was kind of cool. Yes, and my wife watched it with me. Obviously, she got a kick out of the Happy loves Downton Abbey. Right. So very true. All about that. But if you're following along with us, you should be through Winter uh, Winter Soldier right. well, already right. with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy being the next movie needed to be seen. Currently this week? This week. Okay. okay. Now, with the release date moving up, you're going to have to probably double up at some point, um, if I did my math correctly. So um, I would encourage you, if I'm looking ahead, I would encourage you to double up on... Uh, Probably, oh man, it's a hard, it's a hard because one. Because we have Guardians, then have Age Ultron, of Ultron, Ant Man, then Civil War, Strange, Civil War, Galaxy Two, Spider Man, Ragnarok, Black Panther. None of them really jive together. No, um, no. I would maybe go. Age of Ultron, then to Ant-Man. Just to get the Ultron taste Just, out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're not a huge I fan. I am not a fan. But it, it brings back to, like, you need to get acclimated to who Ant-Man is. If anything, it gets you out of Phase 2 yes. and into Phase 3. Yes. So they kind of bounce around in Phase 3, bringing in new characters and stuff like that, and it right. all kind of culminates with uh, Civil War, obviously, right. moving forward. Right. But uh, you are not through... Winter Soldier yet, correct? I am not. What was your take on Dark World watching that again? Dark World liked it. Um, I'm trying to think. Can I tell you a bone to pick with Thor? Sure. I cannot stand Natalie Portman. You can't. I just can't handle her. And like I, her character? Both. I like Natalie Portman, and, and actually she's in a new movie called Annihilation that looks super awesome. Yeah, I've heard good things I about I want to see that. Maybe we can get a dude tonight before baby mama comes. I doubt it. <laughs> not with regionals on Saturday. <laughs> oh, that's right. Probably not going to happen. That's right, I forgot. Anyways, every time, and there's moments in, in Dark World where I go, oh, you are being that Star Wars chick. And it, she was so horrible in that, and those first three movies were so bad. 
that it's ruined me for Natalie Portman. Not a Padme fan. I I'm not because anyways we're not gonna go down that road. But no Thor two. That was my beef with Dark. Thor two like and and that's kind of the great thing about the Thor movies in general is they do the best job about setting up all the intergalactic yeah. kind of stuff yeah. moving forward with Thanos yeah. and you know the Infinity Stones right. and. You know, introducing you to you know the new worlds and I, I did like the end with uh, Benicio del Toro. Yes, that that is one of the biggest things. So, because I've never seen I don't want to get too far into yeah, that. I've never seen that. Yeah, and that so that was actually scene. the first time I'd seen that cutscene, and so it, it it made a lot more sense with Guardians. Yeah, and I'm not spoiling anything because if you've watched the Thor two and you've watched the cutscenes, so it. They bring the ether to this uh, person called the Collector, right? Uh, named Benicio, or sorry, not named, but right. played by played Benicio by. del Toro, and he straight up asks him, "Why not keep it on Asgard?" And they say it's it's not safe to keep two Infinity Stones in the same place. Correct. So it kind of sets you up, you Correct. know, like these other stones are gonna be popping up. So Correct. You're automatically looking for these. Correct. And I've not seen Ragnarok yet. And honestly, when you watch the first Thor and you see the Tesseract, the Infinity the Infinity Stones aren't exactly in your mind, per se. Like, right. they're not on your radar as much, unless you're, you know, the hardcore, deep comic book right. person. Right, So, but, you know, once you get into Thor 2 and, you know, you realize that the ether is another infinity stone or contains another infinity stone. It's right. like, okay, here we go. Right. These things are going to be popping up. So Thor 2, I thought did a very good job. Um, I like the whole Loki part of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That was great. Because there's moments where you're like, good? Moments where you're like, bad? You know, and you just kind of... that's his character throughout just, this entire thing. Right. Like he's like an, he's an anti-hero. Right. Like, he, he, he can easily be... He's for Loki. He, could, he can easily be the savior of the day, right. or he can be that guy that ruins everything. Well, he's he is always going, what's the best for Loki? Yeah, so it's all about self-preservation. And it doesn't matter about anything else. And so if Loki, for, if it's a good for Loki and it's good for the Avengers, then good. And if it's bad, whatever. I'm just... Uh, I'm. Uh, it gets closer and closer. We're in March. I'm pumped. I'm Next pumped. month. I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. Oh, you can't I, I'm even glad understand. that we did. I'm glad we did uh, Black Panther together. Yes, Black Panther was phenomenal. Um, Thor Ragnarok came out on Blu-ray yesterday. Yep, I need I've, to go purchase I've not, that. I've not watched it yet. I'm gonna wait. I've not seen Homecoming or Ragnarok, so that'll be great. That might actually be my double up week when I do those together. Oh, Homecoming was so good. Spider-Man Homecoming was I can't wait. so good. I can't wait. Jess said it was her favorite one. As we get closer, uh, we might need to start a poll on what main characters do you think are not going to make it out of Infinity War. I was just War. thinking about that today, to be honest with you. So, I think my no-brainer is uh, Jeremy Renner's character. Hawkeye? You don't yeah. think Hawkeye? I, uh, I'll say no, just based on the fact that because he's the only character we've met that really has a family. Spoiler fair. alert a little bit. That's fair. That's fair. You'll all learn right. that later. All right, ma'am. Well, um, I think that's all we've got. Yeah, that was This was fun. a good time, man. Glad yeah. to be back together with you. Uh, I would imagine it might be a week or two until we uh, get, get a chance yeah, to Yeah, next week's a no-go. Yeah. Baby, yeah. Baby, no-go. Baby, be coming. No-go on the pod next week, but we'll get something together. Okay. 
looking forward to it. All right, friends. Thank you guys so much. Have a great one. Peace.